Hello again, friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Geek Down Podcast. This is the show where two nerds sit in front of microphones and try to find the sweet spots where their fandoms intersect. My name is Jordan Ferguson. And my name is Caitlin McKinnon. There are so many ways you can listen to the Geek Down Podcast. And by so many, we mean two. Dos. Numero uno. SoundCloud.com slash GeekDownPod. Give us a follow on there. You will be notified whenever new episodes go live, usually on Tuesdays. But this is why you subscribe, because sometimes it happens a little bit later. You want to make your life even easier? iTunes. Hit subscribe. Doesn't matter when they go live, you will have them, because they download directly to your device. It's like winter fairies have come and plopped them in your device. Sparkly little winter fairies bring you another joyous installment of Jordan Kate. See? So easy. I don't even know. I'm, what, I don't know what else you want from us, friends. Like, we, there's really no other way we could make it any easier for you short of coming to your house and doing the show live in your living room. Which we could also do. We're not averse to the idea. It's probably not going to happen, but... No. It could happen. We kind of have a good setup here, and we have a hot drink here. So, do you have a hot drink? This is my, this is my first time attempting the hot drink. Uh, it's, it's not a misnomer. I've burnt my tongue three times already. I'm going to burn it again. How is it? Ow. It is hot, but also delicious in its way. Yeah, that's what I think. Is it, is it drink or drank? It's drink. Drink. It'd only, be, it'd only be drank if you put like some bourbon in there, Ooh. some scotch. <laughs> Notes for future episodes. I got a bottle of Johnny up there. Well, <laughs> we should... <laughs> The drunk episode will come later in the holiday season. We'll talk about we'll talk about the <laughs> we December schedule got later. We haven't yet. We need to get there. First. We need to be able to get through a show sober once before we can start getting hammered. Anyway, that's how you can listen to the show. If you'd like to get at us on any of the socials, it's at GeekDownPod for everything, pretty much your Twitters, your Tumblers, and the Facebook group, which is at www.facebook.com forward slash GeekDownPod. Yes, sir. And uh, you can ask us questions, you can give us suggestions, um, you can make comments. Lots of people like to make comments. Not very many questions. Not very many questions. Ask us questions. Don't you want to know about us? Maybe, because we're going to do some upcoming Christmassy, December-y holiday episodes, and we need some stuff to talk about. Yeah. Because... You know what? A lot of them we have to pre-record because the holiday season, and we won't have news, or it'll be old news at that point. Yes. So. So ask us questions. Ask us our favorite things to watch for the holidays, or our favorite things of the year, and uh, and we'll mention you by name <laughs> or you, by handle. You'll be famous to like tens of people. <laughs> tens. Tens of people. Isn't that? exciting that's exciting to me <laughs> it's exciting to you how's I, your week kate it's been good i mean busy because there's been all the things but like what things all the things that have been released ah. and this is how i i i don't know socialize i socialize with tv <laughs> so, <laughs> T- tv is your best friend yeah that's sad best friend and parent <laughs> <laughs> Uh, how is my week? Listen, we are in the throes of it, so it is like five nights a week. I go to work, I come back, I sleep. You watch the thing for Geek Down? I watch all the things for Geek Down, because we are double recording the next three weeks. Yeah. Yeah, we are. And I'm I'm the sort who will rewatch all the things I give Caitlin, so I can at least, you know, have a decent conversation about them. Which now I kind of feel bad about, because I never <laughs> rewatch or reread anything. Caitlin I just go by memory. straight from memory. Um, and System Crash hit it. Like, I thought I was good. Yesterday, it's Sunday as we're recording this, 
Uh, I'm off Saturday and Sunday and will be for the next few weeks, which is lovely because I have not two had two days together. It's like two and a half. Like I don't have to go oh, back till gosh. Monday at 10. Um, but then I work five in a row, which can be grating because I average about five hours of sleep when I do that. That's horrifying. It is. And I should really get my shit together and like, go, to, go to bed at noon instead Seriously. of, <laughs> instead of, you know, three. But I was like, I have to watch everything on Saturday. And I ended up inadvertently passing out when I got home yeah. for a few hours. So I was even more like, cool, awesome. I get up um, because I thought I had more time because I thought oh, I napped in the morning. I'll be totally fine. Be I, cool. I watched my own stories Yeah. on some things that we'll talk about later in updates. I was like, well, let me get back into um, the things. Let me rewatch the thing I gave Caitlin and start digging into the thing Caitlin gave me. And I got about two minutes into the thing you gave me for this week and was just like, brr, brr, <laughs> Okay. Well, seven o'clock on a Saturday. I know. I know how to party. <laughs> just out till like 4 a.m. the next day. And then got up at like 5 a.m. and started watching the thing. Though I really can't. I can't say anything about that because I was going to stay up a little bit later to watch some stuff last night. And... I started feeling not good and tired like I was a toddler. Like the to- like when you're a young kid and you're like, I'm going to stay up late tonight. <laughs> it's, it's a Saturday. And mom and dad said I could stay up late. You stay up till 10. And then at like 8, I was like, I'm really tired and don't feel good. I want a hot water bottle. <laughs> like I just went like full granny. Like Pumpkin o'clock. Yeah, I pumpkined o'clocked. We are so old. Kids, it'll happen to you. You think it won't, but it will. <laughs> As established, it will. I, I did have I did have one outing with uh, my friend who had the awesome birthday thanks to me. Dragged me down to a a bow place in the Grange. Ah, the Grange. It's across from OCAD in Jackson. Toronto. Yes, and I think I only ever went to it one other time with you when you were a student. I like, probably dragged you to the breakfast place. I don't know if it was breakfast. Or, it might have been. Yeah, because we were big on breakfast and brunches right we were so. brunching it up but it still would have been like take it to your chair right it's not like yeah oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i don't know why we went there but anyway it's called mean bow pretty dope i enjoy i enjoy a good bow got the pro- pulled pork and the jerk chicken and it was like nice. you know, 11 bucks for both because papa is frugal this week yeah yeah i'm always frugal <laughs> we're frugal all the time but <laughs> It it's like, varying. It's like, are you Scottish frugal or are you just like regular poor frugal? It's like regular poor frugal in the sense that like, you know, we, when we talked about Atlanta, we touched on that poor. That's like, you know, you're not in the projects no. and you're not, you know, destitute. You're not all over twisting it. But there's not much left over once your bills get paid and the way paychecks have fallen this month, um, I get paid I will get paid a sizable amount the day after rent comes out. Yeah. Which means I have currently, because the last time I got paid was like two weeks ago, I have rent plus $16. And moths in your fridge? Like, and what? And moths in your fridge? Uh, moths and sauces. I'm always good for sauces. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Got a lot of sauces in there. Barbecue, mustard, ranch. We good. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's like, oh my God, you can't eat. It's like, well, I could eat and I could just tell my landlord, hey, don't cash the check till Friday. But, but. waspy white guy was like, no, don't impose on anyone. <laughs> Serve your duty. I'm real big on duty this week as we'll find out in updates later. <laughs> uh, 
Um, so I'm just kind of like straight by choice, kind of povertying it up and like living on rice for the next week till say, Friday. It's, it's a lot of rice. So much rice. Because you can get a lot of rice for like two bucks. So cheap. And listen, I love seeing articles about like. It's so easy to eat healthy. Yes, it's also so expensive. It is extremely expensive. Food poverty is like a... When I ever decide to like you know devote my life to a cause, that's what it's going to be. Food poverty. It's going to be like how to, how to make sure people who are poor can eat well. A food wastelands is a big problem. It's, that it's, that it's, actually be, started becoming a thing in like, God bless you, no frills, but I think now you, get, you can get like bags of apples that are like not pretty. Yeah. Like they're really starting but to it, like... But it's just the idea that there are places in... Cities, especially in in lower income areas of cities where they don't have grocery stores for yeah. like ages. And if you want to go to a grocery store, it takes like half an hour by a bus. Like it's kind of crazy. Um, and, and so they're living on like shit you can get at the bodega for. Yeah. And thankfully, $2. I live in a city, Hamilton, where there's tons of markets and grocery stores everywhere. And that's not really, I think, I don't think it's as big of an issue in Canada, but definitely in the States, I know it's a huge issue. So they're trying to do more like co-op uh, vegetable gardens and stuff like that mm. so people can get fresh fruits and vegetables. Um, because you can get some stuff, but it's not the best variety and it's not the best for you. And they're just trying to, that, I think that's a good cause. I'm going to join you in the cause someday oh, right. when we have a cause. The Geek Down fights against food poverty. Food What's poverty right? and and injustice. Well, I mean, it's the sort of thing I saw recently. Wow, we're getting real like specific and regional about things <laughs> that are not geeky at all. But I saw an article recently where like Loblaws pledged to like drop prices. Yeah. Because this is not the best example. It's just what my eye was drawn to because I'm a fat fuck. But <laughs> I remember the last time I went to a Loblaws and like glancing at like the jalapeno Cheetos on the shelf. Yeah. And seeing that they were like easily $2 more than at a no frills. Oh yeah. I and can. granted, you know, no frills, that whole thing is like, there are no frills. It's like, there's no overhead. Yeah. It's not a fancy store. Like, and that's what keeps the food prices down. It's just ridiculous to me how severe the disparity between uh, the when two When people are. tell me that they're going to shop at Loblaws, I'm like, you must be made of money. Why? <laughs> Why? Well, produce? Sure. If you want to yeah. shell out for your produce, Definitely go to like a fancier grocery Lava's store. Or but like, Fortinos in if, Hamilton. If you're gonna get like a, I, and like, listen, I was recently in the uh, Hudson's Bay at Queen and Young. Yeah. Walking through their like pusateries that they have in like the sub basement yep. level. Walking by like seven dollar boxes of pasta, I'm like, is you high? This must. <laughs> this pasta better be spun from like a Himalayan llama's ass and flown from like <laughs> overseas on a griffin to like. <laughs> Cost seven dollars. Uh, agreed. I think it's ridiculous, but you know, besides food disparity, it's the fact that we can't eat <laughs> drinking two dollar hot drink, <laughs> just sugar powder and hot water, and it's delicious. But we loving it. Woo! <laughs> hey, if there's a little bit Starbucks, it'd be like seven bucks. Okay, that is true. It'd be the same shit. They just put some. I mean, they put some clotted cream on it. <laughs> no, because that would curdle. <laughs> just FYI. You know nothing about clotted cream. I'm just going to bring it in one day. I'm going to feed it to you. You're not going to even know. And guess what? What? I plan to keep it entirely that way. All right. Never know anything about clotted cream. <sighs> you are missing out. I'm sure I am. You want to talk about some news? Uh, Yeah. I don't really have much this week. You have one thing. I have a huge You thing. have the most important thing. I do. Which I, which I believe I was the one who got to inform you of. Which, yeah. And wi- then I freaked out. Wish I'd been there in person for that one. But saw a story on, I don't even know what it was, comic book resources or something. And quickly copy-pasted that link and sent it to Caitlin McKinnon on the Facebooks and watched her explode. And that news was... Is that 
as we have mentioned, Michelle Yeoh needs to be in everything. And she is in everything. She, she is going to be in something, but not just anything. It's going to be Star Trek Discovery. The one casting announcement for Star Trek Discovery that we currently have is Michelle Yeoh. The only casting announcement that matters. And really, yeah, who cares? Is Michelle Yeoh. Um, the rumor, the hope, it's not even a rumor. It's just like a, a hope that we're trying to use our minds to make the universe form around that hope is that she will play the captain of the, the ship. False. What? There's been an update. <gasps> What's the update? We know who she's playing. Who's she playing? She is playing, rumored, I believe it's from Deadline, a Deadline update to the casting, rumored to play Han Bo, captain of the Shenju, which is a starship, presumably Federation, Yeah. which will play a role, but not but it's the not captain the... and not mm. the number one. That's still really cool that she's a captain. But still Michelle Yeoh. She's a captain. She's got her own ship. That's amazing. She's looking badass in her little captain's jacket. Oh, so good. Mm. And that era stuff, that is, Michelle Yeoh is on the, uh... She's in the posse? She's in the posse. Adding her to the posse? Yep. Um, with her amazing Starfleet jacket. Yeah, now that she's now that she's part of the Star Trek canon, is this really, is Janeway's position up for grabs, or is it tenuous? No. <laughs> How dare I? Are you kidding? How dare I even suggest that Janeway's position could be anything but rock solid? Rock fucking solid. <laughs> Once again, people ask you swear on the show, <laughs> and I do occasionally. Caitlin when it's does needed. when it's when it's needed. Apparently, this is one where it's needed. Um, well, I'm just very excited that Michelle Yeoh is there. She's an amazing actress. She should be in more things. I don't know why more people just don't say, "I know who could, we could cast as this person, <laughs> Michelle Yeoh," because she's amazing at everything. Even in movies that are terrible around her, she's still fantastic. <laughs> the one part that always gets mentioned as like, "There's one good part of this movie." It was Michelle Yeoh. It was Michelle Yeoh. Um, so I'm really glad about that. I hope there's more awesome casting news, more ladies. Um, because a lot of the casting they've mentioned has been a lot of dudes. Woo! Um, dudes. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty damn for dudes. Um, but, you know, I, I because Star Trek has always tried to push the boundaries, and that's one of the things it's known for, I feel like if we could get a cast that's a majority women, um, that would be amazing. It probably won't happen, but if it's diverse and women, that is, like, just my dr dream come true. Um and I'm hoping, fingers crossed, that captain happens to be a, a lady. The other captain. The captain of the ship is also a lady. Mm -hmm. Maybe another lady of color. That would be nice. Would be. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Knock on wood. I'm not going to do... Oh, okay. I was going to say, because if I knock on something, you might it's hit gonna me. It's going to bust the mic. So after that amazing news, unfortunately, I have some sad news. Mm. Um, 2016 uh, it continues to be the worst. Yep. And... Ron Glass yes. has passed away. And for those of you who don't know, Ron Glass uh, played Shepard Book in Firefly and on uh, in Serenity, the movie. Um, and he, he was 71. I think that's really young, especially because I'm... youngish. It's youngish, especially these days. Um, and I'm really sad that he's gone. Um, and I, there were some really nice mentions on Twitter from his other castmates, like Alan Tudyk and... And, uh, and of course, Joss Whedon, who directed and created Firefly and Serenity, um, had a nice tweet for and him. Would have signed off on his casting in the first place, I'm sure. Yeah. And uh, he really did add uh, heart and depth and, and 
definitely really added to the cast of Firefly mm-hmm. and helped make it amazing. So I'm sorry. It's also on classic 70s cop he sitcom was. Bernie Miller. Um, he also was nominated for an Emmy at one point. Uh, and I saw, apparently, I don't recall a lot about Barney Miller. It was one of those shows when I was a kid that, like, it was in syndication, right? So, yeah, on, like, you know, 5.30 on a random channel. <laughs> um, long into the 80s when I was a child. But apparently his character was, like, a novelist slash cop. And I saw a couple good write-ups from uh, writers of color who I'm friends with on social media who, like, shouted out his influence on him and that character's influence on them. So like, hey, oh, you can like, you can be a black man and be a writer, even if it's not your like foremost profession. It's still something you can do. It's this is what this is this argument about what's the big deal about having, you know, people of color and women in these roles. It's is important. It does inspire people. Um, I know we just talked about. Janeway, Captain Janeway, um, she actually inspired some women to become astronauts. As crazy as that seems, you know, kids latch on to people like them on television and movies, and it does inspire them, and that's why we need more diversity. And even even diversity for roles for white males. Mm. You know, um, they get more of a chance than other people but i yeah, still that's, like... that's a point that's not really made as much in these conversations it's like it's like yeah you can be you can still diverse roles are still needed even for you know the grand pariahs white males like why not have a white male be the stay-at-home dad or yeah you know like the secretary or the more traditional quote-unquote feminine roles yeah or more white men as as ballet dancers or figure skaters. <laughs> and um, I just think just more, more of that. I'm just doing fancy fairy arms now because that's how my future world is. It's all happy and magical. Well, to that end, there has been, I didn't know if I was going to bring it up. I didn't know if it merited mention, but in light of the discussion we're currently having, um, the character of Miss America, who has been seen in Marvel Comics like Young Avengers, and currently she's in The Ultimates. Yeah. And is known for being a queer Latina. America Amer- Chavez. America Chavez, yes. Not only in the uh, fallout from Civil War Two, which I've been reading a little bit about, because I think the second last issue just came out this week. Yeah. Spoiler, Iron Man might be dead. Um, woo! Woo! I mean, I'm not happy that he's dead. It's just, that's exciting. <laughs> Carol punched a hole in him. Woo! Spoilers. <laughs> and that might be the reason why he's not Iron Man and why Riri Williams is. Sorry, I don't mean to say it like I'm... Having a stroke, it's just a real hard name for me to say. Um, and other fallout from that, there's been some shakeups to the team The Ultimates, which is like a very Cosmic Avengers type team that's got yeah. Black Panther and Ms. Mar- Ms. Marvel, Captain Marvel on it. In post-Civil War II, Captain Marvel may not be on it. And kind of directing the team is Galactus, apparently. Apparently that's... Galactus has been going through some changes. Sure. Um, but leading the team in the field, the actual field leader, is Miss America. America, America Chavez. And related to that, as often happens, she is getting her own solo book. Which is amazing. So now we have a solo title starring a queer Latina that is being written by a queer Latina. Which is amazing! They announced this week that the book will be written by uh, a YA novelist named Gabby Gabby Rivera. Yes, she wrote a book called uh, Juliet Takes a Breath about a Puerto Rican lesbian. Kind of her first go at writing a comic book. But, I mean, we have seen 
throughout that novelists are usually good, pretty good from Chelsea Kane to Tanahasi Coates to Marguerite Stoll to Marjorie Liu. It's been, they've been really reaching out to novelists lately. So, hey, this plus one for representation, right? Yeah, plus like 10, I would say. Because <laughs> like, they could have done one or the other, but they actually like went out there and did both. That's amazing. So, yeah, hopefully. It's not another one of these things where it's like, I just hope Marvel believes in the book enough. Instead of being like, uh. this is going to be great for PR, but we fully expect this book to be done in six issues and then we'll pump out a trade. Which is just sad. It's sad. There's been a lot. I've read a lot of articles recently about reminding us all about how effed up the comic system is. The comic book, especially the big two comic book uh, retailing system is. It's how You can't just like wander through a grocery store and find comic books anymore because it's all. That's a big long story for another time that we don't need to get into. But Maybe in the new year. Maybe in the new year. Maybe in the new year it'll it'll be something that we, we dive into. Uh, somebody else who ain't having a great year, the producers of The Walking Dead. I heard about that. That show is bleeding viewers like nobody's business this year. Probably because there's so much TV. Probably because real life is scary enough right now. <laughs> Maybe seven seasons of what's basically depressio porn is like, that's enough. Basically, I mean... It was a bit spoiler, spoiler, spoilers for both uh, the long ago released issue 100 of The Walking Dead and the season season seven episode one premiere. I think we're season seven, but this is the episode where season six ended with the appearance of Negan, who was the next big like villain. villain. Yeah, like so. If the governor was the big one before that, Negan was the one who came after that. He had this. Uh, they're gonna they're gonna rake me over the coals, but I think he was part of a crew called like the Saviors or something, and. At this point, Rick and Co. are kind of like in this, like, the new the Alexandria or something. They're like, they kind of have a town that they're, like, maintaining. Right. And that they're good with. Um, So then, as always happens, the humans are the ones we really have to be afraid of. Because Negan will go to any lengths to pilfer and pillage. And humans are the Surrounding worst. communities to protect his own. And at one point, he's basically, he plays eeny, meeny, miny, moe with a bunch of people he's captured, including long-standing members, you know, Rick, Carl, um, Glenn. And in the comic and the show, Glenn is the one who gets his head bashed in. Which is seems really sad. Barely gruesomely. And a lot of people were not happy about that. They people, really liked Glenn. Glenn had been around since, you know, episode two of season one. And had survived a really kind of bullshit thing last season where, like, they made it seem like he was in an unescapable situation. And then went and told other stories for three episodes. That sucks. <laughs> and it's like, hey, where's Glenn? Are we ever going to get back to Glenn? And they did, like three episodes later. And it's, oh, he's fine. He's alive. And then they killed him the next season. So people are kind of irritated. I mean, nobody at AMC or on The Walking Dead is, is you know, shitting the bed yet. They're fine. It's still pulling in, like, crazy ratings. It's still been renewed for, like, another three seasons or whatever. But Seriously? Oh, yeah, that show's going nowhere. It's their biggest. It might still be the ba- biggest show on basic cable. Oh, wow. And it's definitely AMC's biggest show. Um, but there has been a every episode they've been losing about, by the numbers I saw, about 300,000 viewers. You know what it is? Hmm. It's The Crown. <laughs> the Crown <laughs> the Crown, the Crown took all those viewers? That and Gilmore Girls. I really do think we are at a point in history where, like, you know, in the heady days of Obama, it was cool. Let's watch, uh, let's devote hours of our lives to a post-apocalyptic story with gross zombies 
now it's like hey, it's all i can do to get out of bed and face the day right now i don't want to watch this show you guys can watch star trek Exactly. What the Walking Dead's loss is Star Trek's gain. Might be like, let, let's watch the show about the dreamed utopia instead of the awful reality. But yeah, it's just interesting because I have wondered this myself. I have not watched The Walking Dead since basically season three, maybe. Like, I haven't since watched the it at all because zombies scare me. <laughs> zombies are zombies scare you. The show is more gross than scary, to be honest. But um, I'd been off for a while, and I still see people every October who get really amped whenever the new season's coming around. I'm like, word, y'all are y'all are still out there? Amped <laughs> for The Walking Dead? They've got to have people watching it somewhere. Y'all want this in your life? Like, it seems like a very odd thing to want at this point in time. It's about the last thing I would want. I don't want anything that makes me feel bad right now, because the world feels bad enough. It's true. It's a, it's a good way to put it. It's why I like happy TV. And I just wonder what the end point is. Like, I think Kirkman has made it kind of known that he has no intentions of, like, you're going to write that comic till he's dead. Like, he... He's just going to keep on going? He has no intention of ever stopping it, because there's no end point. His goal was never to, like, it's a survival horror. It's just about... The point is, like, you live in this world. You're not going to find a cure. You're not going to, you know, do whatever. It's just about Don't how do you survive. Don't like, rot, though? Aren't they just going to rot dead? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Okay. <laughs> I just feel like that would be, like, eventually they just all rot to death, second <laughs> death, and then you'd have, like, rotty monsters. <laughs> rotty McZombies. Yeah. The gist that I get is, like, it's getting it to a point where it's like, you know, zombies are just mosquitoes. They're just a thing you live with, like. It's and the story is more about, you know, surviving in a civilization that's fallen sort of thing. But, I mean, at what point does that become repetitive? Here's a reminder. People are awful. Yeah. Though we don't need... That's right. We don't need reminders anymore. We've got it in the <laughs> we news. Know, we know all we need to know about people being awful. And there's also, you know, they've played from what I can tell from my brief glimpses through like trades that come into major Canadian retailer, like playing at the idea of like, well, Rick's kind of power hungry after having to be the one that people have relied upon for so many years. So seeing people change, is that the next sort of evolution of the story? Seems like. And the relationship between, as Carl is now basically a man at this point, he's like 17 or 18 in the comics. And as he makes his own decisions that maybe Rick does not like and having to let go of that sort of thing. But I don't know. If you're liking it, shouts to you. Let us know why you still like it. Because we're really curious. We, we are out on that. Um. Well, I mean, talking about happy stories... You got I, one? Well, I brought this story a little while ago. We kind of rolled our eyes at it. But there's an update to the story. Okay. So, the Vampire Chronicles that's going to be made into a television show, maybe? Oh, right. The Anne Rice books. Now, Anne Rice is involved. Oh, is she? And she's like, at this golden age of television, let's do this thing up. <laughs> um, Has this she, been bought? Do we have a network for this? Or? Um, well, she... Not that I know. She has the rights back, apparently. She, I guess... Oh sold them or yeah probably and now they're back and her and her son are are writing this pilot and this sort of i guess it's a, a bible kind of of you know what they want to see for the series yeah, what they call a series bible and... yeah and they um they're doing it up and she's really excited about it and all the fans are excited about it and i'm kind of excited about it, <laughs> it I, I feel like it's kind of i, I mean it's definitely, it's probably going to find a place, but there's been so much vampire stuff over the last 10 years. I don't know 
if people are going to be sick about vampires or they're just going to be excited because it's the original, like, the OG vampire crew. <laughs> and so that's going to be exciting. Um, so I'm just sort of interested to see where this goes. And it is sort of the golden age of TV, but is that going to collapse under its own weight? Uh, probably. <laughs> but will this be will this be one of those shows that's gets forgotten just because it's okay or will it be well i see i keep on finding shows that i totally thought would have been canceled by now but like <laughs> are actually people are actually watching them um stuff that i'm like it, no it happened with chuck i was sure chuck was only gonna last like one season and people continued watching it it was crazy that's the thing we go back to a lot of times where it's like shows that you think will get canceled yet maybe a little more leeway because the networks or whoever is putting it on like there's more in it for them in the long run to keep it around yeah. and put it on their on-demand service or sell it to another on-demand service and that's easier to do when you have x amount of episodes so if only firefly could have lasted that long seriously if I, why did firefly drop now man it would have been the star trek but dark and gritty of this time <laughs> dark and gritty and isn't that what the people really want no, no, we just talked about that. They look happy. <laughs> They're out. <laughs> well, I mean, I think it's a slow news week, so... Yeah, you I think... Just put a button in this and... I, I think we can get to it. All right. So we're going to take a short break here, and when Kate and I come back, we're going to talk about the things we brought each other that we definitely would not have encountered in our own in our own viewings. Definitely not. <laughs> and we'll get to that when we come back after this break. And welcome back to the show. This is the part of the show where Jordan and I bring each other the thing and then we talk about it. That's yeah. right. This is, yeah. this is what we do this part. Woo. Um, before we get started, we do have some rules. Life is chaos without them. It's true. And though chaos is a ladder, we prefer our show with rules. Yes. We have no intention of climbing that ladder. <laughs> no, we both are scared of heights. I hate heights. Um, all right. So the first rule is the rule of three. The rule of three. If it runs on serialized installments of any sort, you have to consume three of said installments. Because as we know, a lot of first episodes of TV shows are either the pilot or they're trying to work things out. Sometimes they change characters on you all of a sudden or voices. Yeah. And it takes about three episodes to kind of get into the world. At least. At least. Give the thing a chance to be the thing. The second rule is hashtag save it for the pod. Hashtag save it for the pod. Caitlin and I will not talk about the thing we have been asked to view, read, or listen to until we are sitting in front of these microphones. It can be very, very difficult. Like... I imagine this it time, was very difficult this, it was this week. so difficult. I imagine it was very difficult. You don't even know how difficult it was, <laughs> but you will find out. But we want to be able to give you guys the hot takes and our first impressions. and The hottest. Pipe and fresh. And, and the funny stuff that happens when we talk about these things. <laughs> so we save it for the show. Yes. The third rule is not really a rule. It's more of a policy. There will be Spoilers. Spoilers. We're about 70% who cares this week. Yeah, yeah, really. But, you know, if you're one of those people who absolutely hates to know anything about things you have not seen and you might see, then you should probably take off. Bye. Hit the road, Jack. Get some hot drink. 
Hot drink. Drink. So put some bourbon in it, basically, is what we're saying. Yes, we're encouraging drinking. It's Sunday. Yeah, you can relax. <laughs> All right. And away we go. Yes. This week, I believe it's me. Come we're going to start with the thing that Caitlin brought me. Yes. Which was the Corpse Bride. <laughs> it's one of my favorite winter movies. Really? Yeah. Um, I love this type of animation. Mm. Um Yes, it does come from my love of of The Nightmare Before Christmas. Mm-hmm. And like The Nightmare Before Christmas, this movie was... Well, actually, this movie was directed and produced by Tim Burton mm-hmm. um, and also directed by Mike Johnson. A lot of people don't realize this, but The Nightmare Before, uh, the Nightmare Before Christmas was actually not directed no. by Tim Burton. It was not. It was directed by Henry Selleck. Everybody was really confused when Coraline came out and it was like, it's by the director of The Nightmare Before Christmas. And people went, what? Tim Burton did this? And people went, no. no. <laughs> Tim Burton did not know how to direct stop motion animation. Most of the time, I just call him, oh, poor Henry Selleck. Because... <laughs> Everyone thinks all your work is Tim Burton. Yes, which it is not. Um, they have worked very closely on things though of course um and the style is very much alike um the look is tim burton's look this is he's animated this way and it is also very tim burton because danny elfman has done the music uh and inside baseball it said it was a leica production like as the studio that then broke off or got bought by dreamworks or something and did Coraline. it's henry Selick's studio isn't it uh Um, all I know is that... Like is the studio that I think did Coraline. Um, uh, James and the Giant Peach. And maybe even Ludo. Not Ludo. Kubo. Kudo. Kubo? Did they do Kubo? I think they did, yeah. Oh, good to know. It is the same type of animation, so that would make sense. Yeah. Um, it came out in 2005. Uh, it, at the time, got really pretty good reviews. Um, I think it's something that you definitely need to kind of like animated things it's definitely not i would say specifically for grown-ups but it is a little bit dark sometimes fun and dark and kind of spooky which is a kind of uh there's stripes and darkness and dead things (laughs) it's tim burton um it stars a pretty big cast. Um, Johnny Depp is in it as um, the main character. Surprise, surprise. Victor Van Dort. Um, Emily Watson, not Emma Watson. Emily Watson, the other British actress, um, plays Victoria Everglot. And Helena Bonham Carter plays Emily. Surprise, surprise. Who is the named corpse bride. The titular corpse bride. The titular corpse bride. Um the story revolves around Victor and Victoria. They're both sort of shy, introverted um, young people who have been put into this arranged marriage. Um, Victor's parents are poor, but have a very prestigious name. Um, Victoria's parents are wealthy, but are they've, they're basically tradesmen. Dirty nouveau riche. Yes. So they're trying to make this match um, because it's good for both families. Victor and Victoria have never met each other. Nope. They're terrified and they actually end up meeting on basically the day before their marriage and actually hit it off. They seem to maybe might be made for each other and they can run away and not be with their terrible families. Um, However... Victor gets scared. He kind of screws some stuff up. He's a little bit of a nervous Nelly. Runs off into the forest. 
tries to practice on a branch. Lo, it is not a branch. It is a corpse's hand. It is some bones. And Emily, a spurned lady who died in the forest, um, thinks that he's uh, marrying her. Yes. And... She's all excited because she was waiting for her love to come. And apparently this is Victor. Um, So basically shenanigans ensue. Again, stripes, death, (laughs) spookiness, Tim Burton. Jordan, what did you think? You you said earlier that this is the sort of thing that like, you know, you should probably like animated stuff to like this. Yeah. No, no. You should like Tim Burton. (laughs) Well, yes. (laughs) Because this is well from that moment where like. We are at peak Tim Burton, people. We are at DEFCON 4 Tim Burton. He had, he was at the point where he could write his own ticket. That's true, but I would I would argue that the 1990s was t- peak Tim Burton. But he, I don't think he was still, I don't know. He was still, like, basically kind of doing contract jobs at that point, right? Like, they let him do, like, he did Batman, right? And he did he Beetlejuice. Made ba- he made Batman his own. Yeah. But that was still, like, you know. He was working for somebody else. Beetlejuice might have been a movie he did but for himself. Edward Scissorhands, a movie he did for himself. Yeah. But as he was earning, I feel like as he was earning those opportunities, he kind of went up the Tim Burton ass more. Yes. And okay. this is definitely a Tim Burton movie that's up Tim Burton's ass. So this is lot. like, this is also what I find interesting about this movie. This is after Mars Attacks. I believe this is after Planet of the Apes. Um, so he's had some... <laughs> Some, maybe he's gone back to something he knows he's, he's at this had point. Some, there have been some misses by this point. Yes. Though he still loves his Planet of the Apes movie. I literally forgot that movie existed until you mentioned <laughs> it right now. I forgot he did that movie. I was like, the one with Franco? No, he didn't do that. Oh, right. Yeah. The one that came before. The, the Wahlberg one that came before that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just wonder if, like, watching this movie... It just really kind of felt like this is a dude who's like, he's made a success at this point. Yeah. And he's kind of been playing the same song ever since. Like, And some people like it and some people And some people don't. like it and some people don't. And listen, I'm, I'm, there are parts of it I have liked. I've had Jack Skellington figures in my life. I had a Nightmare <laughs> Before Christmas shirt, which is odd because I've actually never seen the movie. What? Which I almost changed my mind because I was like, oh no, you have to see it. But then I was like, we need something for next year. <laughs> we'll be here next year. <laughs> we'll need something else. Um, and I do think... I would probably enjoy that one more. There's some interesting like fables about consent that are in this movie. If you really wanted to go down that path. Yes. Like he should just be allowed to say, Hey, dead girl. Uh, nah, sorry. (laughs) Except it's Victor and he's, you know, scattered and shy. Mess that one up. Oop. No, whoops. I guess I'll go down and uh, (laughs) hang out with the dead people now. I guess this is where I live. And he feels really bad for her. She was spurned. (laughs) So, I mean, like the takeaway is I am not the craziest tim burton fan right i like a lot of what he's done i respect it i do feel there's a point where he kind of went like up his own ass a little bit and i'm sure there's a a nicer way to say that (laughs) i mean yours is very graphic and visual not really it's just he's got a you know he's got a style yes and this is very much paint by numbers which isn't necessarily a bad thing but not necessarily if you're down with that you're gonna love this movie yeah i'm not i kind of had my fill of that style. You haven't even seen Nightmare Before Christmas. I know. <laughs> I play Kingdom Hearts. I got enough. But it's like, you know, it's all very blue and washed out. And striped. And stripes. And skeletons. And like one part time, second part, just not interested. Like the songs I didn't think were that great. Like I was, 
I was skipping the musical numbers because I didn't care that much. Also, I mean, we'll get to the crown later in the show, but I am like knee deep in. <laughs> so I've been knee deep in that for like a week. So you know, a little animated movie with further takes on that. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm like, oh, God, this again. <laughs> It's a really bad timing on my part. Might have been a bad time because listen, I am knee- I love to see Christopher Lee show up, but I am like knee deep and quite off. Um, him, is, him, it, him. is that better than Wubba Wubba in it? Yes. Okay. Yes, oh, a little now, bit better. Now I know when I'm going to mock English accents. Sorry, Amelia and other English people who listen. Yeah, I mean it was, it was fine, but I was like, man, this is a Tim Burton movie, and really nothing really happened in it. Like, no, it's just a little cute story. It's like he marries her. And then he gets out and tricks her to go see Victoria. And he's like, oh, my God, I married a dead girl. Help. And she's like, oh, my God, he married a dead girl. Goes to tell her parents. And they're like, no, you're not going to marry him anymore. You're going to marry this dude who's been hanging around for... He just showed up. Why is he still, in the, the chin. Ha- Why is he still in the house? Because he's very suave and debonair. There's at one point where they're, <laughs> they're sitting around and he just wanders into the parlor. It's like, dude, why are you still here? Why were you here in the first place? Um, and it turns out he's the he's the rogue who ended up, you know, betraying... Burning her betraying shit what was her name emily emily who ended up burning emily and and causing her death in the first place so i mean you can see that bow coming to get knotted a mile away but i mean it's a quote-unquote air quote kids movie did you did you like anything about it um it makes it sound like i disliked it again i always feel the need to be like there have been things you have given me where i've been like murder murder (laughs) murder this is not one of those things yay no murder (laughs) no murder no murder here but it was kind of like, yeah, okay, I get it. Like, you're Tim Burton, you're doing your Tim Burton thing. And I've gone I've gone through this wormhole with you before, Tim Burton. It's cool. You're doing it again. <laughs> Whether yeah. it's Sweeney Todd or Sleepy Hollow or this or... Danny Elfman. This big, <laughs> Danny Elfman going to show up. Helena Bottom Carter is going to be there. Johnny Depp will be doing some weird Johnny Depp stuff. <laughs> like, all your boxes are getting ticked. And it's pretty to look at. I do like, you know studio like a style of animation yeah so that's very impressive as well i didn't like all of the character designs on this one um who specific like some of the skeletons oh i like the skeletons it's placed oddly in time i felt like i don't know i don't know when exactly like it's it's you know some victorian ju- ju- joint jazz really <laughs> kind of made its appearance in england but it... it's not in england it's in europe <laughs> and the jazz is part of the underworld, where it's uh. groovy and fun to hang out. <laughs> so they were on the jazz early yeah. in the underworld. Yeah. Where stuffy, stuffy Europe was like, yim, yim, yim. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the biggest takeaway for me is like, do you like Tim Burton? You know, here's the flowchart. Do you like Tim Burton? Yes. Why? <laughs> do you like his animated stuff? Are you tired of it? No. Do you like his animated stuff? Yes. Watch The Corpse Bride. Yay! If you would answer alternatively to any of those questions, eh, maybe you don't want to watch it, or maybe it's, you know, know what you're getting into and you're not going to be that impressed by it. If you would not answer any of those questions the way Caitlin just did, maybe this is not a movie you need to rush out and go see. Didn't have a bad time watching it. Wasn't like murder, murder, murder. But at the same time, I was like, yeah, okay. I, I know you, Tim Burton. I know what you do. This a, is A good winter movie? Why is it a good winter movie? Why are you saying it's that? it's set in the winter. Is it? Yeah, there's snow everywhere. Was there? <laughs> yes! Things were frozen? I didn't notice much snow. Maybe I was paying closer attention during the underworld portions. There's no snow. In oh, there. right, because no, he left footprints. There was snow, yes. And then the hand was in there. It was covered in snow. Right. And... That's not particularly wintry, I didn't find, but fine. Sure. Good winter movie. 
Thank you. <laughs> so, with that analysis, yeah. What's the rating? Six. Six. Yeah. Oh come on, six. Don't guilt me into a higher <laughs> rating. <laughs> I just feel like yes, it did what it was supposed to, but it was it was fun. Was it? Yes. I don't know that I had fun. With it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I don't six. know that nothing made me like woo. Six. This is a amazing, enjoyable experience. It was fine. Hey, if you've never really messed with Tim Burton before, have at this one. Like, it's uh, actually, a- actually, do Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> see, Caitlin's amending her own thing. If you've never seen a Tim Burton animated thing before, yeah, definitely go see Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, too. I like Nightmare Before Christmas more than I like this movie, mm. but I just, I like The Corpse Bride. I think it's a fun movie. And this had a lot of fanfare at the time, I remember, because it was like, <gasps> it's Tim Burton's return to stop motion Nightmare Before Christmas style animation. Though my thing about stop motion is, everyone's always like, oh, it's very Tim Burton. No, it's very stop motion. Yeah. Um, it's <laughs> Tim just Burton like, didn't invent the style. It's just like anime, right? Anime is so different. There's so many things differently happening in anime. Yeah, anime is a medium. Stop motion animation it is a is medium. A medium. Um, you can do lots with it. This style in particular is very Tim Burton. <laughs> it's, it's Henry Selig more than it's anything well, else. But... Tim Burton did a lot of the like design he work. He does the designs and, of all of it, yeah. Um, but... Hey, like, I just think they're fun and the things you can do in animation that you cannot, even with the new technology they're always bringing to movies, there's just things you can only do in animation and things you can only do in stop animation. And it just has such a, not a real quality to it, but just a different than than regular animation, right? Because every model is made, every movement is done in real life, quote unquote. And I just think it's it's a fun medium to, to do stuff. If your kids are like, I would say six or over, have them watch this movie. Let me know what they said. And as rote as I may have suggested that I, I found it, I mean, it doesn't wear it. It's welcome. It's like, it's like 87 minutes long. Like it knows. Oh, yeah. 77. It's like, it's like in and out. It knows. Yeah. It doesn't stretch anything out. Nope. It knows it's a, it knows it's a small story and doesn't really try to like extend that very much. So, you know, I love anything that's economical in its storytelling. <laughs> So yeah, all right. Speaking of things that are not economical in their storytelling, maybe it's time to move on to the next weirdest thing I could ever think to bring Caitlin. So I need to, I actually need to say something before you talk about it. (laughs) Sierra (laughs) Mador? I thought this was going to be an anime. (laughs) Amazing. Because I thought it was called Luca Underground, which could be an anime name, right? And you've been giving me a lot of anime. I thought maybe it was an older anime that I'd never heard of. It is not an anime, folks. Friends, long-time listeners, if you have been here from day one, you will recall that one of the things that was mentioned that Jordan geeks down about, and that he actually tried to shoehorn in to the news portions when notable news <laughs> items on this topic would break, only to be greeted by Caitlin going, <laughs> is professional wrestling. I feel like there should be like, like some kind of music, or like, now then. Let's just say with what it is. What it is that I gave Caitlin. Because it's wrestling, but it's not. Or rather, it is a style of wrestling presentation unlike anything you would think of when you normally think of pro wrestling. When you think of pro wrestling, you think of Vince McMahon. You think of the WWE. You think of a product that is masquerading as a legitimate sports competition right and any storylines involved therein 
are very much, quote-unquote, realistic. They're just about beating people up and going for the title. Okay. What we have in Lucha Underground... Not Lucha Underground. Not Lucha Underground. Lucha, as in Lucha Libre, as in... Luchador. Luchadors. Mexican wrestling is... Basically a telenovela with wrestling matches in the middle of it. That's what I had! I'm glad I caught on to that! This is this debuted in October 2014. It is a co-production of the filmmaker Robert Rodriguez. He of Desperado and From Dust Till Dawn and yeah. Sin City. He started a television network called the El Rey Network. I'm supposed to focus on shows and products and properties related to the Hispanic, Latino, Mexican communities and audience. And it is a co-production of him, his network, and Mark Burnett, the person behind Survivor. Oh. So there has been some money thrown into this a little bit. And basically it's a one-hour show. It's now on its third season. And it is a very cinematic presentation of a pro wrestling product it is filmed in a much different fashion um even the matches themselves and it has an underlying story that is not really based in reality the story is for various reasons that are revealed throughout (laughs) the episode the episodes and seasons and are more and more insane as you go on (laughs) uh dario cueto (laughs) this guy Opens the temple, which is basically just a warehouse. His temple. His temple. Do not disrespect the temple. Like, listen, side note, I told Caitlin she could just (laughs) jump to season three. I was like, I really didn't think there was much backstory you needed to get to. And I have not seen the early episodes of Lucha Underground. I've seen late of the later portion of season one. I saw none of season two, and I've just been dipping back back into season three. And I mean, you can do that. There's not it's, not, it's not war and peace. You'll figure out what you need to know. So Caitlin may have to fill some, some details of the early episodes here for me. Because Caitlin did not watch season three. <laughs> because Caitlin watched season one. Um, and it's basically, he's just, he just wants, he just wants to bring the best fighters in the world to give them a chance to compete for whether it's money, the title, I don't know what. And he wants them to respect his temple. <laughs> but there are, so the wrestling matches are just straight wrestling matches. They're not what you're going to see on like the WWE because it's a lot of, independent wrestlers it's a lot of luchadors it's a, di- it's a different style it's more high flying it's more flips and throws and a lot of moves that are probably banned in the wwe because they could kill somebody because they drop people on their heads a lot can they they can i gotta ask you some questions about this by the way okay anything that's not set in the wrestling ring so when you watch the wwe yeah and they do like a backstage portion yeah it's very much framed like you're watching a backstage reporter like yeah Someone's giving an interview and there's always this weird cognitive dissonance where like then a chair gets thrown at someone or like the reporter has gone away. Yeah. But it's like, we're still watching everything that's happening. Yeah. That wouldn't happen at like a basketball game. <laughs> like they try to present the backstage stuff. They try to present the whole product. Like it's a quote unquote legitimate sports competition. But everyone knows it's not. Everyone knows it's not. Yeah. No. Everybody so knows we're all like all in on the, on the, on the game basically. On that suspension of disbelief. Yes. It's all well known at this point that professional wrestling is predetermined. But yeah. as far as what the WWE style tries to present is faking like it's a sports product. So they take a lot of their vocabulary. Their vi- well, I'm getting real deep here, but like, <sighs> they take a lot of their visual vocabulary from traditional televised sports, backstage reporters, instant replays, things that you expect to get from sports. Right. And if there's like a 
backstage segment, even if it's a discussion between two two wrestlers that maybe we as viewers have no reason to be watching in the exegesis of the show. Yeah. Because there's no reason for us to be watching it. It's still like a single mounted camera, like a cameraman backstage is watching. It. Yeah. Lucha Underground took all that. And threw it out the window. Threw it in a dumpster and set it on fire. Yeah. Because they are like, when we show a backstage thing, it is filmed like a, television a televised show. drama. Yeah. The film stock changes. It uses cinematic camera angles and things like that. It uses terrible acting. There's lots of scotch being drunk. <laughs> like B B level acting. And it goes to places I would not expect it to go. So this is a thing I fully expect you to hate. And expected you to hate when I gave it to you. But I thought, man, this is just like the weirdest thing I could ever give her. And it's one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. And I kind of love it for being so weird. Because I've been watching the WWE since I was like, you know, 13 years old. Mm -hmm. And the other story of the WWE is there's no competition for it at this point. It's the only game in town. Right. So when you have something that's actually doing a good job at presenting something that is action-packed and kind of well done and looks not as good as the WWE, but still looks good enough. Right. And is doing something completely different like telling these batshit crazy stories about like demons and dragons and yeah. <laughs> and shit and people who can breathe fire and, and puma and live forever and <laughs> prince fucking puma like it's prince puma like what really you can just call him puma or the puma or king puma no that is listen and everybody's got junior on the name of the ring yeah that's a luchador thing okay if because it's a family thing if uh if like so pentagon junior yeah we should really get into the, the actual what you thought of it, but Pentagon Junior. It just means he's the second Pentagon. There was a, yeah, another wrestler. I know because oh, they're it's all family. They stuff. Explained it all to you. Yeah. Well, they don't. They kind of give you the. Anyways, I will get into it. Caitlin, welcome to the batshit crazy world of Lucha Underground. How'd that go for you? So it was really weird because a I thought now an alarm is going off. He really likes Lucha Underground. He's worried you're not going to say something flattering. It's not like, an air okay. horn. It's just a regular horn. Okay. So, first things first, it was weird because I thought Lucha Underground was going to be an anime. <laughs> I would have loved to have been there when you loaded it up and realized <laughs> and it was, was fucking like, pro wrestling. Oh, it's re- like, it's not Luca, it's Lucha, like Luchador. Lucha Libre. The only thing, now I know about Luchadors from like, the realm of information, and because I've lived in the world. <laughs> it's just a thing you've heard of. And from Saints Row. Mm. And there was a thing about the mask in Saints Row. Like, if you steal a luchador's mask, it's a big deal. Which they mentioned in, like, the first episode. Um, and I was like, hey, I know that thing. But otherwise, I don't know much about it. I don't know much about pro wrestling. I watched it when I was a ki- young kid. Should be said, I think in Mexico, Lucha Libre is, like, the second most popular sport. Right. And it's very, quote-unquote, sport. I mean, they're still athletes, even though it's all predetermined. Um, and, yes, the mask is sacred. Yes. And masks get handed down through generations. It's like a thing. It's a the big thing. The highest stakes ma- match you can have is a mask versus mask match where somebody loses their mask. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's a thing. Um, it was funny because I'm not – I'm surprised, surprised I am into sports. I have my Green Day Packers hat that my dad got me. Your Green Day Packers hat? <laughs> I have my Green Bay Packers hat that my dad got me. Um – which is one of my prized possessions. I have a Green Bay Packers jersey. I've got a cheese hat. Thank you, Sir Thursby. Um, from that I will I wear when I'm watching games. Um, just regular games, just in my living room. Like yes. no one else has to be around. <laughs> um, I love rugby. 
I like some violent sports. Um, the fighting is amazing when it's not super fake, <laughs> which it's like half and half. That's and that's very much a lucha thing where it's like some of these high five flips, you know, whatever. Especially the bit where like they're like holding hands, fingers interlocked. Yeah. And somebody will be like run up on the ropes. It's like you are clearly supporting yourself with your opponent. Like yeah. and you're just doing flips to like wow the audience. Well, like, okay, so first episode. Yeah, so, tell me what happened, because I don't think I ever saw it. Um, I'm it was Blue Demon and somebody, I can't remember. <laughs> um and uh, sorry, Blue Demon Junior, and they yes. do talk about like Junior, like the 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 name, the mask has been handed down, and I bonded with Blue Demon because we have some things oh. in common. We both like the color blue. We both have a bum knee. It just <laughs> like we, we bonded. Should be said, uh, all of these performers are either independent wrestlers um, through places like Ring of Honor in America or PWG Pro Wrestling Guerrilla, as well as uh, the Luchadors, and I believe they have a financial stake in it as well are of the roster of the, forgive me, Asistencia, Asesoria y Administración, or AAA, which is like one of the biggest yes. luchador, lucha libre companies. Promotions. Yeah, they were like, they mentioned AAA. Okay. I didn't really know what it meant. Um, the the stakes are obviously fake, but you kind of get into like the fun characters. For instance, I've written down, okay, well, no, first I'm going to go through the first episode, which was, <laughs> the first was... Um, Blue Demon and Junior and somebody else Junior. Uh, I was like, there's a lot of Juniors going around. And then they kind of explain it. And I was like, oh, okay. Blue Demon won. Um, go Blue Demon. Uh, and then there was... Whoa, whoa spoilers. <laughs> sorry. sorry. Um, and then second was Sexy Star. Oh, okay. Which was a little like... Got to see Sexy Star. On? But she, she was fight a dude? Dude. Yep. And I was like, that's awesome. Now, she Havoc won. Oh, Son of Havoc? Yeah. Son of Havoc is beloved. <laughs> Son of Havoc one, even though at first he was all like, women, ha ha ha, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, fine, whatever, I'll get out of the ring. And then she's like, bam, in the ring. Um, And I knew, you know, like, you know where this stuff is going to happen, but she didn't win. And I thought that was kind of cool. Um, And that plays into the second episode, but anyways. And then the third match was uh, El Mundo and Prince Puma. Like Prince Puma had to be on the, on the first episode. El Mundo awesome prince puma the flips that guy does i was like mind blown and then and then you know what happened what happened el mundo and prince puma were attacked oh my god who were they attacked by <laughs> some thugs mil mortes <laughs> some thugs from the street and then you know what happened el mundo and prince puma <laughs> they became partners uh-huh and i've shipped them because that's <laughs> Because that is what you should do because that it was amazing. They were all like, El Mundo won, but then they like shook hands and they were all like, awesome. And then like, is El Mundo going to like share his prize money, which is $100,000, by the way, with Prince Puma? And they're like, no, blam. And then like thugs come out of nowhere. And then the guy who owns it, who I'm just going to call them Sleazy McSleazebag, um, is all like, they're my thugs and this $100,000 is mine. I, anyways silly and all the cutscenes are silly and like you said they're not i'm i guess i'm i know a little bit about wwe i mean when i was a kid and i was watching it there was like jake the snake mm -hmm. um and it was wwf and but i remember that kind of like you said they film it in the behind you know behind the the scenes yeah. and that kind of reporting style 
Um, and there was none of that. It is, and that's what I wrote down. I was like, it's like pro wrestling and like a telenovela. And that's what I was most curious about because this is like, I was amazed. I think the first, so they do their, I think it's Ultima Lucha. They do it at the end of the season. It's like their season finale. It's right. their WrestleMania. Yeah. And like, I remember watching that because I'd heard all the matches were insanely good. Yeah. Um, and I went back and I watched it. And every time I've watched an episode, there's been at least one or two things where it's like, you know, the holy shit moment where it's like, what did I just fucking see? Like, yeah. But then it ended with this big, like, you know, cinematic you know, these video game parlance where like yeah. they were all leaving the uh, <laughs> they were all leaving the temple. Yeah. And like people had partnered up throughout the season. Like, and that's the other thing. WWE, no days off. It just runs in perpetuity. Like it just right. runs forever. This has a seasonal arc. It has a beginning, a middle, and an end. Yeah. Because they didn't know if they were coming back for another season. All they had was the money for one season. I just remember writing down, because I wanted to write about it for the site I write for sometimes, and just writing, like, did that guy turn into a fucking rocket? Like, <laughs> Okay, so then then we get, like, the second episode. Okay. And the second episode was awesome, because it kind of even, like, continued on some of the stories from the first episode. Mm-hmm. So you have, again, you're, like, the sleazy McSleaze guy, like, he's up to something, right? And then... So, A, the first, I think the first one, oh, I can't remember. It's sort of getting all blurry because mm. they're all kind of the same. But at some point, um, uh, Sexy Star and some other guy team up against um, Son of Havoc and this other chick. And, like, Sexy Star and What's-His-Face, like, win and it's awesome because Son of Havoc is all like, oh, you're a woman, blah, blah, I, blah. I didn't know how that was going to go because they do do a lot of intergender stuff. With yeah, this, which, which I think it's also all, happens a lot in Mexican wrestling. I think that's amazing because she's just like, I am just as tough as a man. And I'm like, damn right you are. And she's like, oh, women are sexy. I'm like, damn right they are. Um, so there's like a lot of girl power there, um, even though her costume is ridiculous, but that's fine. She, and she has a luchador mask, which I think is cool. Um, and then again, Puma and, uh, and El Mundo, they team up and take some other guys out. And the guys who like beat them up before and they're all like, bam. And I was, like, really getting into it on the bus. And people were like, what is that girl watching? I'm, like, in my, like, rainbow scarf and my cute little Green Bay Packers hat. And they're like, who is this kid? And why is she and watching like, wrestling? Lucha, lucha. Um, and, but then uh, we got Blue Demon lost against somebody. Oh, whoever this Katrina girl is, someone needs to take that bitch out. Oh, you are not allowed to have a two-on-one. Yeah, she's still around. Someone needs to get rid of her. She hangs out. She's the valet for Mil Muertes, isn't she? Yeah. Your valet's not allowed to participate in the fight. <laughs> Where are the rules? We have rules. They can have rules. <laughs> I cannot believe how. <laughs> this is not quite as shocking as Food Wars, but it's definitely. <laughs> okay. But then the third episode, so none of those people were there. And then they had like, there was a dragon guy and a phoenix yep. and some other. Yep. Who's the other guy? Some other thing, they were all, like... Those three, yeah, those three traveling packs a bit. And they have, like, and they, but it was, like, a free-for-all, and they... Oh, they were fighting each other? Yeah, oh, okay. and they have all, like... And then they talk a lot about, like, the spirit animal and stuff like that, and partially silly. Oh, and the Aztec thing. I mean, I don't know how true that is. It's kind of cool. Um, I don't know. There's lots of cultural stuff that was really neat, but I was, like, I, I could not... I was not there for, like, the cutscenes. I'm... 
Really? Not there at all because they were just so badly acted. Because I told you when I gave this to you, I was like, uh, you, you, know, you can watch it here and you can skip, you know, you can fast forward the matches. Not skipping I the matches. That was the shit that you were going to be like, oh, I thought, I thought the experience of the show, there would have been more for you in like the shitty, deliberately shitty B movie, you know, Russ Meyer movie style cutscenes. I, I can't, I can't do it. I really? Can't, I couldn't the do it. Matches the matches or what? The matches. I was like, I mean, there's all those things where they do, like, the fake stomping on people mm-hmm. and this thing. But, like, honestly, the flips, the, like, takedowns, the, like, the Prince Puma, like, spins around people's necks and shit. I was like, that's amazing. And, like, some of the holds were really cool. I liked all that stuff. Even then, I some of it, I was like, this is silly. Um, <laughs> but the B, like, cuts, I couldn't couldn't do i was just especially with sleazy mcsleaze bag is like the worst evil actor ever he's so they need another evil guy because he's not very good at being evil um and his briefcase full of money um apparently he went to jail in season two and then in season three he was like out of jail and like returned to the temple and it's like let the people know the temple is open again it's just um, the temple. You cannot disrespect my temple. Do not disrespect the temple. Um, so, yeah, it was a weird experience because I wasn't expecting to get so into it. But then I was like, that bitch is back. And then I was like, that asshole. Um, and then you obviously have these people that they set up as, like, the evil guys. And these people are the good guys. And totally shipped El Mundo and Prince Puma. Like, they are, in my head, have a relationship. Um, so, yeah, it was... It was it was a very interesting experience, and I'm so glad you gave it to me, and I was that's, very pleasantly that's surprised. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because this is, like I said, because the WWE is really, quote-unquote, the only game in town right now. Like, yeah. E- even the things that most fans like are still owned by the WWE. Like, everybody points to, like, NXT, which is, like, their farm league, where, like, yeah. a lot of the guys who they train and will bring up eventually. A lot of The Rock's cousins. A lot of <laughs> I remember this from an earlier conversation. Many of the Rock's cousins, yes. And actually, um, legitimately, like, we're not making fun of it. Like, <laughs> I remember making that point, yeah. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not just saying all Samoans are related, but in wrestling, a lot of Samoans are related. Um, but, like, NXT, that's owned by the WWE. They have two live shows they do now. They have Raw and they have SmackDown that are three and two hours, respectively. Oof. Lucha Underground, 45 minutes when you take is, commercials out. Yeah. Um, and also there are, you know, it can become paint by numbers. You know what you're going to see. And that's another thing I like about this is, you know, having watched wrestling for as long as I have, being what they call a quote unquote smark, which is a company, which is a short form of smart mark, meaning you're a mark for the business, but you're right. also smart because you know it's predetermined. Yeah. And the enjoyment for you is more like, okay, how would I book this match versus what they actually do? Right. Um, and you can predict a lot of shit based on what you know of the guys in the ring. Because you've been watching for so long. Lucha Underground, I don't know any of these guys. Right. I don't know who's the bigger draw. I literally don't know who's going to win. Because... El Mundo, by the way, is, is a big draw. So, yeah, I don't know who the big draw is. I don't know who the guy who's going to be... Every time I go into a match, I'm like, well, this could go either way. Like, I don't know. You and know, I don't care. Because they're both like... In my head, when I was thinking about what you must like or what people must like, honestly, this is your Doctor Who. You... You kind of enjoy the cheese, yeah. But you you know it's coming. Like oh, you don't listen. This the is third not... season has got like fucking Aztec pendants that give people immortality, and there's a cop who's been alive for centuries. And see, like it, you know it's <laughs> so silly, cheese. but it's fun to watch. That is Doctor Who. It's not trying to be masterpiece theater. It's 
fun and there's some science fiction stuff and some witty banner and the acting I'm gonna say is a lot better um, <laughs> yeah I'll give you that um, but there is of course gonna be like there's literally robots that are made out of like <laughs> plungers and some stuff they found in the back room yes. that is Doctor Who and <laughs> it's that kind of thing and Doctor Who's been around for a really really long time it's got a long long tradition and it has fans who've been watching it since the what the 60s so there it's it's a thing it's bigger than it's bigger than just each episode and as one last example of um you know the things this show will do i remember in season one it may have been at ultima lucha one of the like most vilely hated heels bad guys that they had okay um Sorry, I don't know how deep you are in the lingo. No, he- no, no, I didn't know heels. That's heels, I was heels like, okay. is what they wrestling term for bad guys. Baby faces is the wrestling term for good guys. Oh. Um, one of the most vilely hated heels was a guy named he was just Hernandez. That was his name. He'd wrestled in a bunch of places, um, and he did a season of Lucha Underground. And he may have been one of the like street thug punks who beat up. There was one of them big, really big and tall who was beat it, up Prince Puma like and El Mundo. A big black guy. No, not a black guy. He's he's Mexican. Um, he there like... were there's a big black guy and there's like two Mexican guys. He maybe he's one of those guys. Maybe. He's very he's very tall and very big. And was like vilely hated, would really like play up to the fans and stuff. Yeah. And for his like what was at the time supposed to be his last match at the end of his contract, where he was gonna like have a grudge match with one of his like nemeses from the season. Everybody in the front row of the temple, all the audience, yeah, were given straps. And if Hernandez made his way out there, they could hit him. <laughs> with the straps and i remember reading like a report after the fact so i was like this is not how what (laughs) and i read like a studio report or like a live report from that event and they said like hernandez got in the ring before the match and he like talked to us and he said if i come near you wail on me like i will be more offended if you don't like it's more disrespectful to me if you don't because it'll look like shit if you yeah if you just lightly thwack me so he, they do the bit where he'd end up in the audience and people would just be like, ah, fuck you. <laughs> like, oh my God. It's like, I've never seen that before. And I was like howling because I've never seen shit like this before. So if you have been like super, if you've been watching wrestling for a long time, you're like, where is the thing that's new and can excite me right now? Yeah. And you know, you like NXT because it takes a little chances, but it's, it takes a few chances, but it's still kind of like got the WWE mark on it. Yeah. If you want something that's totally going to surprise you and you love wrestling, Lucha Underground is is your jam. And apparently, even if you don't love wrestling, there's still some things well, to enjoy about I'm it. Just, I'm going to say, so I'm going to give it its rating. Okay. Um, for me, personally, like, three episodes, probably enough. I'm not going to watch it. I'm <laughs> gonna going give it, to like, that? a seven. Because it was, like, fun, and I was, like, getting into it, and I was, like, fun, and I could, I could watch. Where someone was watching it, I'd be like, yeah, I'll watch it with you. I'm not going to go out and watch it. If you like wrestling... Oh my god, this is like a nine and a half ten. Like this was so much fun and for someone who likes wrestling and knows about wrestling, but maybe doesn't know about lucha wrestling or luchador wrestling, this was a lot of fun and I could see how getting it gets sillier and sillier. But the matches themselves, like the fighting, like it takes such skill and like again, the flips prince puma oh my god they gotta call you like king puma emperor puma because he's just like flipping around and like flipping around guys and flipping off things and anyways el mundo or sorry el mundo and prince puma forever that's all i gotta say what there's your ship ship it ship it it's shipped well that is lucha underground it is on the el rey network in the states and i believe it is on uh the tln in 
Canada? Are you Canadians out there? Corpse Bride, you can borrow from me or rent it from a thing? It's out there. I think it's been on Netflix. It may end up on Netflix again at some point. But anyway, you can check those two things out. So I guess we'll move on to updates. Do we have updates? I guess we have at least one, something we both watched. Is it Gilmore Girls? It's Gilmore Girls, isn't it? Oh, no, it is not. (laughs) I believe what you're talking about is Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Yes, surprising everyone. I saw Fantastic Beasts. Yeah. I dug it. I thought it was terrible. (laughs) (laughs) And there's the two signs of the fanboy fangirl. (laughs) I had no investment in this movie. I was just like, meh, whatever. Yeah. This is cool. This is fun. Zap. Griffins. There were no griffins. This is a winged It's a thunderbird. It's a thunderbird. Sure. Arizona, Thunderbird. Sure. It's probably going to end up in Lucha under- Underground. <laughs> probably. Well, Caitlin. Yeah. Get, get into it briefly. <laughs> what did you hate a, about this movie? It was a terrible movie. Why was it a terrible It movie? wasn't a very good plot. Characters were lame. It was doing a lot. I'll say that. Well, it's like, we, I was thinking about that once we, once we got out of there. I was thinking about how we keep on bringing up these things that are trying to do like <laughs> way too much. You're doing a lot. This was not... Um, a movie to be a good movie this was like we're gonna build a world this is a movie that's t- t- to set up a franchise of five more movies and it was terrible and come at me it was terrible <laughs> i'm gonna use some jordan lingo here come <laughs> at, at me. her uh this is the moment you always wanted them to and now they are i think she's being unfair i think it was fine for a popcorn you know whatever movie it, it was boring i just like being on the same on a level playing field with all the with all the potterheads right now Y'all didn't know sorry, what was going on there. Do you own a time turner? I do not. You were not on a level playing field. Nor will I ever. Um, uh, no, but this was like, this was all new, right? Like she made this, she wrote this just for the movie. Like, yeah. Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. That's, you go out and buy that book, you're not getting the plot of this movie. Okay. Here is just one example. All right. Head of Makuza. The, the, the. T- terrible name, by the way. But, yes. But Head of Makuza. Yes. You have someone who comes at you and is like, hey, I have something really important. And you're like, no, fuck you. Go away. You're not supposed to be here. And then it comes up again. You, you risked exposure. You are dead to us. And and then you were like, why didn't you tell us about this? Maybe because you were a dick. Maybe that's why. And she was scared of being murdered because that's what they do at the movie. You don't get a trial at Makuza. You Apparently. just get murdered. Anyways, Sorry. That's one little thing that upset me. One very tiny little thing. What they should have just had is a movie about awesome, cool, magical creatures. Because all of that stuff was fun. All the magical creature stuff was fun. Yeah, that was probably the best stuff about it. I don't think that supports a whole movie. but No, but I just mean like, it could have been more... There could have been more in that story about that. I mean, and then you had the... Um, the... John Voight playing like the press baron and the Which, well, like, kid gets killed and what? and then there was like Colin Farrell's magic Gestapo and and, and just there's just so much more that could have been done um you know what was just right what Queenie Queenie was my mm. favorite character mm, Queenie she was adorable and lovely yes she was Anyways, okay, so that was my take on that. Now into something better. <laughs> Caitlin loves Harry Potter, hated it. Jordan has no feelings about Harry Potter. Thought it was all right. All right, <laughs> good. There we go. Make that what you will. Uh, um, what else is out there? Crown finished it. Um, funny enough, so uh, senior correspondent is watching it, uh-huh. and I happen to be watching it with him, and I still can't look away. What is it about the Crown? I don't <laughs> you understand. Keep watching the crown? I've already seen it, and I still stop to watch it while I'm drying things. We will recall my initial uh, criticism was like, you are asking a lot to try to get me to invest in the non-problems of the ultra-rich. Yeah. That criticism is still there. 
Sorry, Philip. But you, Sorry, your life is so hard, Philip. But you still watched you it. You fucking douche. But <laughs> yes. Although, although, apparently they're planning on going 60 episodes with this show. 60 episodes. Yeah. I don't think I'm here for 60 episodes. Woo. I think I'm fine with the 10 I just invested. And maybe when I've watched everything else, <laughs> maybe I would get to the next batch of 10. But yeah, I mean, they're going to age up, right? He eventually wa- he wants to tell the 20th century from the Peter whatever wants to tell the story of the 20th century through right. Elizabeth's reign. Ooh. So, all right. Claire and Matt and all them are probably going to age out of the roles probably. by at least the third season. So, interesting. Will I still be on board by that point? Yeah. Uh, maybe not. Found myself taking to Wikipedia about who the fuck is Carl Nasser? Why do I care? <laughs> like, blah, blah, blah. Are you doing heroin right now, Prime Minister? Like, Fun times. Anyway, yeah, but the guy, what did I give? What did I give the crown before? Like seven or something? Yeah, I think so. I might nudge it up to an eight. I mean, it's a good time, but I don't know if I'm down for 60, 60 episodes of this shit. But I don't also, know if I'm down for that. Philip, buck the fuck up. Like We all so, feel that way. You are such a whiny little bastard. Also, we need to see your butt more. Anyways. Moving um, on. Luke Cage right i get a message on facebook <laughs> that's just like spoilers for luke cage if you haven't seen it yet that's all caps they killed pop luke cage hit the airwaves been like september okay i haven't so had I, time so i looked at my, i looked at my phone like killed pop what pop? i was devastated killed who? oh she's finally watching luke cage and we just had this massive twist that i was not expecting oh we're the Villains changed? Yep. Wasn't expecting it. Were you expecting it? Yeah, because every Marvel show's done that to oh, a certain extent. Bleh. <laughs> Anyways, wasn't expecting it. Thought it was pretty cool. Haven't gone past that episode, so we'll see where that goes. It's like episode six? Six maybe? or seven? Yeah, something like that. Um, oh, sorry. I was just saying, I wasn't overly impressed. Still aren't, really, but I mean, definitely on my first watch through, my first initial watch throughs, I was like, eh, it's fine, but it's not great. Your thoughts? Uh, hot take? I'm really liking it. All right. I'm I we we put Star Trek aside for it, amazingly. Deep Space Nine is on pause for Luke Cage. My I know, goodness. I know. We're digging it. Uh, I love all the musical guests. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, it's this person. Hey, it's this person. <laughs> I know that person. That's um, a person. And I'm like, this is good music. And I like, I, I still love, I don't think we talked about it. I love the Biggie poster and with the crown. Yeah, yeah. Like, and that every so often it superimposes itself on his head. Like, I just thought that was kind of cool. Um... Yeah, but it's been, it's been good. It's no Jessica Jones, but it's it's good. Um, On my end, Yuri on Ice, I am caught up on... Want to make history. Caitlin is not. No. Wasn't overly impressed with the new episode. Nothing really happened. It's kind of one for the Yurio fans, if, you're, uh, if you've been lamenting the lack of Yurio in recent episodes. I figured they were going to bring him back a bit. It's the Russian Cup, right? And, yeah. And also, I should say, my thing with Yuri on Ice lately is... And I'm, I'm, I, I risk irritating some people here, but I wonder if we are in danger, especially in like the Western fandom of this show of entering Steven Universe territory. Are you sure? Where, what is reasonable to expect from this show? That it's fun and maybe sad? I would say so, yes. But I see tweets and hot take Tumblr pieces that are like, well, it would be nice since they're in Russia now. A place that is not traditionally welcoming to homosexuals, if there was some acknowledgement of that. I don't think you guys are stretching. I have seen it. I have seen 
I'm not going to say we're entering backlash mode. Like we have peaked with like, like the, the hot take economy is a cruel mistress, right? So it's not, I'm not going to say we're in full, like your nice is the best thing ever to, Oh my God, backlash. Fuck this show. Cause they're not, they're queer baiting. They're not taking right. it seriously enough, you know, whatever. It's a fun little anime about figure skating that happens to have elements of BL slash boys love in it. That is not unproblematic, but I just wonder at one point we are, some of y'all are expecting too much from this show. As in what happened with Steven Universe, where I said at the time it felt like a demo that the show was not made for latched onto it with a sort of ferocity that made it unreasonable for like the target demo to enjoy it anymore. Though... If you're like Caitlin and you don't go on to any fan groups, you're good. <laughs> you have no idea. Um, but yeah, uh, so that's just my one, you know, this is my one thing I've noticed about the Yuri on Ice fandom. The show itself, episode eight, um, thought it was fine. Definitely. I mean, seven was a high point, um, but eight was fine. We did finally meet the Canadian. Is he evil? Jean, Jean-Jacques, Jean-Jacques Leroy, I believe his name is. Jean-Jacques Leroy. JJ. It's JJ style. I got to make the J's. Oh, J- JJ. Um, I'm excited to see this now. Su- a tweet I saw that like, it's really amazing that in Yuri on Ice, the American is very like atypical and the Canadian is like, Canada, fuck <laughs> yeah. Like, he's very much like, music is a big part of, he wants to party. He gets out there and he's like, woo, like, come on audience. He's like jamming it up he's like a rock star he's like i'm like this is a banner day for canadians is he elvis stoicoing it a little bit a oh, little bit excited about that um but he's yes he's french canadian french canadians are often sometimes a little more cocksure for lack of, for lack of a better term mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. little cock of the walk with the french canadians so he's definitely he's definitely that he's in the lead right now he's, he's, a, he's a he's a god he's a he's, skating he's, god? A, he's a beast and the one interesting see this is a mild spoiler for you but i just there was a moment where someone at a reporter asks Victor, like, Yuri's doing really good, you know, but are you fine being a coach? Like, don't you want to like face him as a competitor? There was enough of a pause there before he said like, Oh, I'm just out to decide what I'm going to do when the season's over. <gasps> That's like, hmm, where are we going there? Maybe Victor's got to know by the end of the season. <gasps> we'll see. Uh, and also a magical girl raising project is the only other thing I'm like keeping up on right now amazed by that show that show actually made me gasp this week really the new episode went up because i don't know you want me to spoil it for you no okay (laughs) there was a moment where i had said at one point that top speed the witch girl was always talking about like i just gotta i just gotta make this keep this going for like six more months and i thought it was like oh she has cancer or something yeah it was not that and i went (gasps) oh my god they went went to a show keeps going to places i was not expecting it to go to so wow shouts to magical girl raising project that is all I got for the week. You got anything else? Yeah. Oh, right. Most important thing of oh, all. Oh, God. Winter, spring, summer, fall. Oh, Gilmore Girls! Get it over with. Woo! Okay. For all of you out there who are, who are like, oh, it was boring. No cookie eating and loud chewing. I am out as it's cookie time. So for all of you who are like, oh, it was boring. It was Gilmore Girls. Yes, it was Gilmore Girls. Of course it's boring. Nothing happens in that show. <laughs> there's like romance and then there's not romance and then there's parents fighting with children and children fighting with parents. Nothing happens. The it's banter. Like, it's like, yeah, it's like the girl version of Seinfeld. Like nothing <laughs> happens. They eat junk food. They make lots of relevant and sometimes not relevant um, comments about pop culture. That's what they do. What were you expecting? It's not... Nothing happens in the show. It's the, just... The, the Facebook takes have not been overly 
complimentary on my feed. I know. I just don't understand what they were expecting. Like, it's classic Gilmore Girls. I watched it and I was like, yep, that's Gilmore Girls. You watched all of it? You made your way through all of it? Damn, I, oh, yeah, okay, I did. Jesus. I got some Chinese food. It was great. It was fantastic. And I watched Gilmore Girls and it was good. And that's it. That's the... <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. If you like Gilmore Girls, watch more Gilmore Girls. Yeah. That's just like, what I don't understand what... I, I can't understand what people were expecting. I just, I don't, I don't, I'm having a hard time processing. I, I, uh, what? <laughs> like, it's the girliest of girl shows. Yeah. It's, it's a rom-com. It's an hour long vagina. In this case, a four hour. <laughs> four, four and a half long hour vagina. Yeah. So, anyways, just calm down. Watch something more. <laughs> Watch like uh, calm, calm down, yeah. vaginas. You're fine. <laughs> calm down. We're, and 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 fine. There's lots of other. Watch Top Gun or something if you want exciting. <laughs> just like watch some Lucha Underground. Figure figure out what you what you want out of your show, and then watch that show because this was not that show. Anyways, yeah, it was good. It was fun. Well, there you go. The official, the official Geek Down certified take on Gilmore Girls. Yeah. I know I was waiting with bated breath. Bated breath. And that is just about going to do it yep. for this episode of the Geek Down Pod. As mentioned at the top, you can get at us on your socials. Pretty much all of them involve at Geek Down Pod in most formats. If you want to holler at me, you can do it at Jordan underscore Ferguson. If you want to do it to Kate, there's really no way to do it except the Facebook group, which is at... W... No. No. www Dot facebook dot com forward slash geek down pod pulled it out at the end there was <laughs> a little dicey moment for a i was still thinking about gilmore girls <laughs> um and yeah if that's the only way you can reach me because i don't exist online because people are awful um so but if you yeah tell caitlin what's wrong with gilmore girls or if you want to tell me why yuri and ice should be the queer salvation or if you want to talk to me about shipping characters from <laughs> Lucha agree, Underground. If you, agree that Prince, if you disagree and think Prince Puma should be shipped with someone else. Someone else. Let me know and we will argue Caitlin about this. will fight you. <laughs> and yeah. Oh, do we want to talk about? I talked about it a little bit at the top, but basically for the month of December, we're basically recording double episodes. Yes. Um, so expect things to be a little bit shorter, a little bit different. We're going to have some special episodes. Um, and... For all of those of you who complain that our episodes are too long, they're going to be shorter. So there you go. Hey, I'll, t- I'll tell the people what we're doing. So the week of December 22nd, we're going to have a special Christmas episode. That's we right. talk about Christmas stuff. December 28th, it's going to be the year and wrap up. We're going to talk about the things that we each gave each other that we liked the best or that made the most impression, that were the most memorable and left the best impression on us. Yeah. And on January third, we are finally going to tackle Westworld. Yeah, we're gonna know, do we're gonna do one of those special episodes where we both just watch Westworld. Watch Party Ep. Some people are like, "Why are you not talking? Are you watching Westworld? Why aren't you watching Westworld?" And I'm like, "Cause women get the shit beat out of them all the time on Westworld." But mm. apparently, I'm gonna watch it anyway. We, we're gonna do it. I'm probably gonna have my hands over my eyes most of the time. So that's how the rest of the year is going to shake out after December seventeenth or whatever. But we could take the time off. We could. We could. We've earned it. We have. But friends, we do it for you. We do. Because we know you need the heat. And also, I think I've declared that our podcast will be the official podcast of getting away from your terrible family. (laughs) Pretty much. We look forward to being there for you every Tuesday of the holiday season. 
So thank you so much for joining us as you do every week, friends. It really means the world to us. We will be back with you next week for a regular episode. My name is Jordan Ferguson. And my name is Kate McKinnon. And we will see you next week for another fantastic episode of Geek Down Podcast. See you then. are coming for me <laughs> it's just a, a hundred hundred hot topic managers and striped leg, and striped leggings coming to arrest me for besmirching the and parasols price. yes <laughs> after you now motherfucker <laughs> you, you just tim burton the god of hot topic